Tonight I want to continue with the message, do you really know God? Do you really know God? Many know of God. Few know God. That's why you have the statement where Jesus said, the way to heaven is narrow. And few are those that will find it. The way to the other side, pretty broad. So knowing God is very important. But knowing God is not just for heaven alone. There's so much to enjoy in knowing God. There's so much to receive from God by knowing Him here. We really have to put an effort. I have to let you know this. God does nothing. We've said this before. God does nothing outside you. He cannot force you into anything that you don't want. doesn't have the authority. He gave that authority to you. So no one is saved until they invite Jesus into their life. God cannot force any man to be saved. He'll persuade them, get them to a place where they are willing to accept him, but he cannot force anyone. And so he cannot force you to do anything. If you draw near to God, then God will draw near to you. Until you decide in your heart that I want to know God better, he lets you say that. Deep calls out to deep. If you want to go deeper, he's ready for you. If you want to stay in the shallow waters, he's there. He'll be there with you. Whatever you want, that's what he's going to give to you. And so it behooves us to really get our hearts ready. I want to know God. I want to know him. Because there's so much benefit from knowing him. There's so much freedom in knowing Jesus Christ, in knowing that God is in your life, it's so much freedom that you can experience in this life when you get to know Him. God's given us, especially the children of God, we are truly loaded. God's blessed us so much. The greatest of all of these blessings is peace. Just serious peace and rest. Jesus calls it rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In other words, no matter what's happening, God's going to take care of you. And if you know Him, you have that confidence inside you that God's in control. No matter what's happening, God's still in control. And something rises up from inside of you. The Holy Spirit keeps speaking to you. The Father is with you. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. That you can't buy with money. So there's so much that God has given to us. Question is, receiving it can only come through you knowing Him. It's only knowing, through, knowing God's way and how He works. So you hear me speak a lot in church here about principles. Studying how, what we call the way of the Lord. How God works. His ways. Knowing His ways. Once you can get into His ways... You have peace. Because God is predictable. You know why? He's tied himself to his word. And his ways never change. The Bible tells us he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if I can find and understand one way of the Lord, I got it in that area. He doesn't vary. He's always constant. He stays the same. 
Now, Second Peter chapter one, verse three, two and four, uh, three and four tells us, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. It's not just through the knowledge of scriptures. It's through the knowledge of Him. Through the knowledge of who God really is. Through the knowledge of His ways. Through the, way, uh, the, the knowledge of what makes God move. What moves Him. That's what's going to deliver. Notice, God has given you all of these things that pertain to both life and godliness through the knowledge. So everything is coming to you through the knowledge of Him. Through the knowledge of God. The one who has called you to glory and virtue. And because of this, notice what he goes to say. He's giving you all these things by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. So God's already given you all of these things. They are available to you, but they are in promise form. And until you know him, you can access these promises. As these are the promises that will deliver you all things that pertain to life and godliness. So I've got to know him. Because those things he has given to us are not tangible. You can't handle them. They are in promises form. And knowing him is what delivers them to you. You've got to know God to obtain peace. You have to know God to have, you know, health. Divine help. You have to know God for your family to be okay. For your marriage to be okay. Everything has been been given to you. Everything has been given to you through knowing Him. All things that pertain to life and godliness. Life means what you need in this life. In the physical realm. In the natural realm. Godliness, what you need spiritually to be okay. And not fall with the rest of the world. That's what is important. But notice, God's giving all things, but through the knowledge of Him. He wants us to partake of His divine nature. The reverse of not knowing Him is this. And it's pretty painful. And I'm sure it's very painful to God. God's not wanting to deny us from anything that's good. He wants you to have everything that's good. Some of us desire things that are not good for us. And the reason you desire things that are not good for you, you don't know Him yet. If you really know Him, you don't have time for that. The rest of the world can kill themselves, one another, to get those things, but you you could care less because it's not important. It won't give you peace. And certainly it's not giving them peace. They just think they're having some peace. You've seen them all around us. But there is true riches that has nothing much to do with money. Money is included. But until you know him, like David said, I fretted. I was worried until I went into the house of God. Then my eyes were opened. Now I could see. Until you know him, it's hard to really discern what's important. So there is a reverse of 
not knowing him. What happens if you don't know him? In Isaiah chapter 5 verse 13, it says, Therefore my people, you're still God's people, my people, God's people, the people that he truly loved. Yes, a Christian, loved by God. My people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. They don't know him. Even their honorable men are famished. Why? Oh, he's, he's very spiritual, but he really doesn't know God. That's why it's not how a person looks. I used to just look at people when I was a new Christian. The guy who does, you know, he seems real hum, humble on the outside. And I thought that he's very spiritual. I don't go by that. That's silly. He knows a lot of scriptures. That's spiritual. Doesn't mean anything to me. Just because he knows scriptures and he can repeat them doesn't make mean he really knows God. He doesn't know God. You know when I know whether he knows God or not? What things he's saying when trouble comes his way? What are the things coming out of his mouth? How is he handling it when trouble comes his way? I can tell then. Not the rest of it. Not the emotions. I've had them there. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Glory. Fire from heaven. Until Satan whacks them and then you begin to hear a different tune. <laughs> That's when you know whether they really know God. It's funny when you look at the church. I was caught in that kind of stuff. My mind is, you got to know God. I've seen people who appear very spiritual until trouble comes. They don't know how to handle it. And you can tell the fear and the dread and your certainty and the question. Sometimes questioning God. Sometimes they get mad at God. I just uh, you're still a baby. We need to grow up. So that's not the issue. You're still God's people. But you can go into captivity if you don't know God. Captivity means different areas of your life. You can get into captivity of fear, of dread, of something coming your way that God's promised you. Don't worry about it. He says a thousand by your side, ten thousand on the other side. It doesn't matter. God's going to take care of you. But until you know him, you fret. Constantly fret. You can't go to sleep. You're worried. Now, for every one of us, if you hear bad news, including myself, the first time you hear it, you're a little shaky. But when you know God, before long, you begin to draw out from your foundation. Amen. You begin to, the Holy Spirit begins to remind you, hey, you are a child of God. You don't have to be worried. Don't act like the rest of them. You are not like them. You're different. You are from above. They are from beneath. Don't worry about it. You begin to pull out from these things, the things that you are, God has buried in there by the power of the Holy Spirit because you come to know God. And then God constantly speaks to you. He's constantly encouraging you and comforting you. Yeah. The world may be going crazy. Things in your life are going crazy. But I am with you and I'll take care of you. That's what begins to come out. 
I said to somebody, if you squeeze a tube, whatever is in there is what's going to come out. <laughs> and that's when we really know what's in the tube, right? That's what happens. When trouble comes, that's when you know what kind of Christian this guy is made of. That's what you can tell. That's when you can tell. But knowing God is so important. This scripture tells us, therefore my people have gone into captivity. That's the first one. Now in Isaiah chapter 4 verse 6, it says, my people are destroyed. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of, the, of your God, I will also forget your children. That's a funny thing. Not only you will be forget, forgotten, your children also. Because you refuse knowledge says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge in other words they don't have they don't know god so the enemy can destroy them if you know god then you are indestructible that's what he's saying if you know god no one can destroy you and no witch doctor can do anything to you they can they can stay all night fasting against you it just won't work and if anything happens it happened to them. You know, you don't have to say anything. You know, Jesus said, when you go into a home, say to that home, peace be unto this home, right? And if the man of peace is in, in there, your peace will remain. And if the man of peace, if there's no man of peace, he comes right back to you. So if they're trying to put something in you, you are a man of peace, how are you going to put something, trouble upon a man of peace? When he doesn't go in there, guess where he goes back to? They're causing themselves a lot of trouble. And if, you know, here about Christians talking about enemies, my enemies, my enemies are doing this, they are saying this. If you know God, it's not going to affect you. If anything happens, if it affects anybody, he goes right back to them. You don't have to send it back to them. Just know your God. Just know your God. If you know your God... You are surrounded. There are chariots of fire all over you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to see those chariots. All you have to do is know your God. If you know your God, you are constantly protected. So if you don't know him, then you are destroyed. Now, let me say this. You can't know a person without first knowing their name. Hello, pastors, we have a lot of difficulty in this area, right? Because <laughs> you have to know the person. How can you know somebody without first knowing their name? You got to know the person's name. And if you're dating somebody, please don't call the person another person's name. <laughs> You'll be in real trouble. Because they're going to ask you, who is that? You, said, you just said Martha. You called me Martha. <laughs> Boy, you're in real trouble now. <laughs> you have to explain yourself. You have to know the person's name. Because knowing the person's name 
and truly knowing the person, that's the avenue through which you get to know the person. So God puts a lot on his name. God has invested so much on his name, or in his name. We got to know God and know his name. His name is so important to us. We have to know the God of Israel, our God. You all remember when Moses was saying, I'm going to your people. God said, I'm going to send you over to your people to bring them back. And Moses was clear. He said, I need to know what name to tell them. God said, I am. We know that scripture. The name of God is so important and we have to know his name. Knowing God's name is so important. That's how you get to know God. As you study the word of God, God's word and his name, they're the same. What the name you have is what it does Now, for you. Now in the New Testament, God's giving us just one name. Savior. It saves you from any trouble. Anything, don't matter what it is. That, that name can save you from anything. The thing is to know what's behind that name for the believer. Who is behind the name of Jesus? How powerful this name is for us as believers. The name that God Revealed when Jesus was born. We need to know that name. And we need to know how to use that name. And the power behind that name. This was all from the Old Testament. God has been talking about the name. The name of his son. In Proverbs 30. I'm going to start with this. Verse 4. So we understand this. And then I'm going to tell you how important Knowing this name is and what it implies. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 4. He says, Who has ascended into heaven or descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has bound the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name? If you know. What is the name? What is God's name? But also, what is his son's name? So in the Old Testament, they already knew that God has a son. And his name was not revealed until the New Testament. For a purpose, for us. And for those of us that have come under that name, not the name of the Old Testament, Jesus tells us that the greatest of them in the Old Testament cannot be compared to any of us in the New Testament who have come under that name. So knowing that name is very important. Let me share share with you what God says about knowing his name in Psalm 91. Verse 14 through 16, it says, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has 
known my name. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, because of that, I will deliver him. Now let me let you know this. You cannot love God until you get to know him. The world doesn't love God. Now, the nature of the love of God, the more you know of God, the greater your love for Him. You won't be confused. If you don't know God, we can tell by your language. And what you say about Him, we hear that from the world. But once you have come to know God, you love Him. And it's hard to get away from Him. The more of God you know and what he, he represents in your life, the greater your love for Him. And the greater the desire to stay under that name. If you don't know Him, really know Him, it will show in the way you live. And the things that you do. David was clear. He knew God. Even in the wilderness, he was crying out. He wanted to be in God's presence. Remember that? My soul thirsts for thee. For you. I want to be in the sanctuary. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. When you know God and there is an intimacy, there is a strong love for God, you cannot get away from it. That's what he's saying. Because he has set his love upon me. In other words, it's bound to be there. There's nothing else that's important. Just God. It's fixed. Notice the word that is used. Because he has set his love. In other words, your love for God is fixed, cannot be shaken. That's where he's at. No matter what's going on around you, God comes first. Your love for him is set. You have set your love upon him. And when God has seen that, and that's because you know him. And that's what happened to David. He knew his God. And Daniel says, those who know their God will do exploits. When you know God, your love is set on Him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. All of that. When you know God, then your love is set. And God knows you love Him. And Jesus said very clearly, I know mine and I am known of them. They know me. I know those who belong to me. Because your love is set. And so he makes a promise. Because you have set your love upon him, upon me. I, therefore, because of that, no matter what's happening to you, I'll deliver you. I will deliver you. He's going to deliver you. But it's hard to love when you don't know. I've seen... I've seen uh, people adopt a baby and, and they get to know this child, you know. And, and because of the interaction, not their own child. And some of them will leave their estate for this child because they've come to know this child and the child knows them very well. Always call me mommy, mommy, mommy. It's like their child. 
Because of the intimacy, the love is there, strong. And I've seen them. When something happens, they, they, they're weeping and crying for a child that was not naturally theirs. You know why? They got to know that person. It was in no longer. The word adopted doesn't make any sense in the home anymore. That's my child. And they're willing to do anything. That's this kind of relationship we have adopted. But when we get to know the Father, He says, I will always be with you. I will deliver you. When you are in trouble, I will deliver you. He said, I will set him on high because he has known my name. What is this? Set you above satanic oppression. Set you on high. In other words, he has called us to glory. Is that not what we read in Second Peter chapter 1? He's called us to glory and virtue. To beautify your life. I will set you apart from the rest of them. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. I will set him on high because he has known my name. How do you get to know the name? You know the name because you are under that name. You are called by the name. The Bible says everything that you do in word and deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. The name becomes something because of the intimacy. And because of that, he sets you up on high. He says, he shall call upon me. In other words, when you know him, guess what he does? He baptizes you with the spirit of prayer. Amen. It's hard to see sometimes Christians, they don't have to, they don't pray. You know why? There is no desire to be in his presence. I know what it is. When I travel, uh, I'm doing my stuff and my wife is here. Uh, especially when we were newly married. <laughs> I have to call her. The time we were married early, Angela couldn't come to the United States. And uh, we were calling each other back because they wouldn't give her a visa. And we, I was praying. I fasted. I was praying real hard. I need my wife here. And it was a tough thing. And in those days, no cell phone. The, the first few minutes was like $3. First, first three minutes also. And after that, it's like 60 cents to a dollar for every minute. Uh, but I still called. And I would stay on the phone and talk. And talk, and she talks, and she was calling too. We talk. When the bill comes, I knew there was trouble. <laughs> I usually kept the bill somewhere without opening it. <laughs> and I do that for a few days, and then realize you can't get away from it. Better go open and see what's in there. I knew it wasn't going to be good. When I look at it, it's like four or five hundred dollars, and I said, You can't do this, it's too much. The next day, I'm calling again. That's where life is. When you know God, you want to be in His presence. You miss His being in His presence. Just like David said, My soul thirsts for thee. So knowing Him, He baptizes you. You will call upon me, and I will answer Him. I will be with Him in trouble, but I will also deliver Him. He already said He will deliver you. He said that in the beginning. 
Because you've set your love upon me, therefore I will deliver you. But now he's saying, he'll call upon me. That's the process. Amen? He'll call upon me because he knows my name. He knows the name is important. He'll call upon the name. He'll call on Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When in time of trouble, you call. We saw that video of the woman that had a, a, a robber coming. She immediately went to her lover, Jesus. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get out of my store. She fell back. And Jesus delivered her. He'll call upon me and I'll deliver him. I will be with him in trouble. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. You are with me. I will be with him in trouble. Meaning, while you are going through trouble, his presence is there with you when you know him. And even though you are still in it, still walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he's still there with you, going through it with you. And then he delivers you from it. Because you know his name. He says, I will deliver him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. When God gets you through, he honors you. But you have to be through trouble first. Amen? Before you are honored. Some of us like to be honored, but we don't want trouble. You know. But you have to get through it for a testimony. Through it for a testimony. And then in verse 16 it says, Because you love him with long life, I will satisfy him. And show him my salvation. So when you hear me testifying, just like Kathy did tonight, in advance, that death has no power over me till I'm ready to go, until I'm satisfied with the life and it's long enough for me, no, nothing can kill me. When I set my love upon him, no cancer, it doesn't matter. Can they tempt? Oh, yes. We are tempted to do wrong. They can, but nothing's going to take me out until I'm ready to go. Amen? And nothing can take you out until you are ready to go. Settle it. Set your love upon him and live life. He can protect you. God can take care of you. With long life, I will satisfy you. With long life, I will satisfy you. When you are satisfied, satisfied with living here, then you are ready to go home. I see that in the scriptures. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I am now ready to go home. But before that, he said, I am in a strait. I don't know what to choose. Whether to go home and be with God, that's far better. Or to stay with you here because you need me. And then he thought for a while, he said, well, I know you guys really need me. I'm not going to be selfish. I'm going to stay around up for a while. And he did. God allowed it. And Peter said, I'm now ready to be offered. They chose when they wanted to exit the earth. They tried to kill John according to the, uh, the history of the church. Boiled him in oil according to the history of the church. They couldn't kill him. So they sent him to the island of Patmos. He's a witch. And Jesus showed up and gave him revelation. They couldn't kill him. And that's why the rumor was in their time 
that John wouldn't taste of death. That guy, Jesus, has already said, he's not going to die. You see, that, they tried killing him. They can't do it. Jesus already said, but John knew better. John said, no, that's not what Jesus said. He was not just ready to go. He needed to receive the revelation from God first. And he satisfied was a bishop in, in uh, Ephesus with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and all of that living with him until he was ready to go home. You can't exit until you're ready to go. Can I hear an amen? Say that. No, nothing can destroy me. There used to be a preacher that I read about uh, when I was a new Christian. They'll beat him up, stone him, kick him and all of that. And he'll stay down there like he's dead and they'll walk away. And after they're gone, he, he'll stand up, shake himself up and say, We are indestructible until our work is completed. I thought, boy, that is a real holy man. I'd like to be just like that. But that's the truth. Because you have set your love upon him, you don't have to fear untimely death. Do Christians die untimely death? Yeah. But the Bible says, be it unto you according to your faith. And if you don't know God's word, you don't know him. Not just knowing of God's word, you know it and it's in your heart. And when you know it and it's in your heart, it produces faith. And then you can live it. Because you know him through his word. He revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Not reading the word. When God speaks to you from his word, it's different from pastor speaking, I'm telling you. It could be pastor speaking, but then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit takes it and he begins to minister to you. It becomes a different thing. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. The life of it comes into your life and things begin to change. I'd like to really close this sermon this time. Uh, but I need to finish. So I'm going to hold you up here for about another 30 minutes. <laughs> but we need to pray, because I don't want to go back to this. Pray for an increase in wisdom. Pray for an increase in wisdom and knowledge. Paul prayed for the Christians in his time. If you are serious with God and you really want to know God, you know, you, we are never going to be perfect. <coughs> Excuse me. And I know that from my own situation. But once I find a scripture, like what we're reading, Isaiah 50, I'm praying that. Before I introduce it to the church, I have been praying this for a long time. Because I tell myself, this is spiritual work. This is God's work. How How can I really know what to say to the people? Something that will transform their life. I need you, God. Help me. I found that scripture. I said, this is a good one. And I started praying in form of my life. That God, you have given me the tongue of the learned. So I can speak a word in season to these people of God so that things can happen to the one who is weary. And I pray that he's doing it. So my confidence is not what I'm saying. I found that scripture. And he will give the word to the weary in the congregation and encourage them. I found it. I found the word. Amen. I found it right here. It works. So I have the confidence, not in what I see before me, but what I hear from the Word. That Word is going to minister to the weary. 
So you pray for increasing wisdom. Paul prayed for that. In Ephesians 1, verse 15 through 18, it says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. I never stop praying for you like this. And you know what? The Holy Spirit recorded this prayer for us. Amen? This is recorded. This was what Paul was praying for the disciples. He says that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit. Notice it's a little S, not capital S, the Holy Spirit. It's the spirit that goes into your, your born again spirit. For growth in your born again spirit. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in what? In the knowledge of Him. That's knowing God. That's what we read when we, when we were uh, reading from Second Peter chapter 1. Through the knowledge of Him. Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Knowing God's ways. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. Again, that's the word know. Know what is the hope of his calling. In other words, God called you to himself. There is a reason. You need to know this. There is a hope to your calling. There is a hope to my calling. I need to find out what that is for me and for you. But through the knowledge of him, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, because it's not just reading scriptures, you get to know him. And he talked about what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So you are his inheritance and you are his forever. He is our beloved. You know, God showed his ways to Moses and the rest of them saw his acts. There's a big difference. That's in Psalm 103 verse 7. He made known his ways to Moses is acts to the children of Israel. And you can tell the difference. Moses was in command. He had confidence. The same people. The same people of God. They were constantly complaining, fretting and complaining and all of that. But Moses, he knew God's ways. He says, hold still. Today, you see those Egyptians? You won't see them anymore. <laughs> Amen. They were screaming and hollering. He said, look, look, look. Take a look at them. They're gone. They toast. They, that's it. They're gone. But that's, he knew his ways. God's ways. So you got to know God's ways so that you can get to know him. But you have to desire it. Let me close with this. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, God was speaking he talks about, it says, for as the rain, beginning from verse 10, as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but waters the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And shall prosper in the things for which I have sent it. For you shall go out with joy 
Amen? And be led with peace. With peace. If you really know God. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. In other words, they are clapping for you. Ah, you know God. It's wonderful. You're doing good. That's the mountains and the hills will do that. And the trees also will clap their hands. But the beginning part, verse 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You want heavenly thoughts? You want to live in the heavenlies? His thoughts are all in this book. And if you line your ways and your thoughts in, according to this book, your ways and your thoughts will be in the heavenlies. Amen. You want to live a heavenly life? Get a hold of his thoughts and his ways. Know him so that you can live a heavenly life. And ev- everything that comes from you waters everything around you. Your family, your business, everything that you're doing watered by your thoughts and your ways coming out of knowing him. You can know him. His his thoughts are right here. It's that simple. I have to strive to get to know him so I can live like somebody who is from above and not from beneath Jesus said, you are from the earth. I came from there. Amen. You can know God, if you will. Stand up with me tonight. Deep calls out to deep. For some of us, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, maybe you pray 10 minutes in tongues. Please increase that to like 20 minutes. Do that for three months and watch what God will begin to do. I've experienced it. I'm not a, I don't pray quietly. I learned long ago that every time I try to pray, pray quietly, I go into deep meditation. Here, <laughs> my knees hurt. Then I get off my deep meditation. So I've learned not to be quiet when praying. <laughs> I've had deep meditation with snoring as well. <laughs> it was all glory. <laughs> I don't pray quietly. I'm loud. Especially when I'm alone. Try it. Whatever God has shown me, I like to pray present to you. Try it. If you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit, please. By all means, talk to us, talk to uh, some of our people, Pastor Wendy, they will share with you so you can receive. But pray in the Spirit and let the Spirit teach you. There's certain things I want to teach. Let's lift our hands up to Him tonight and thank Him that we are still alive. We can know Him here. We can still know Him. That's my joy. God, I'm still alive. I can still call on Your name. I can still know You better. 
There's so much to know. I want to know you better. I want to know you better. I want to know Jesus better. I want to know you, Lord God. I want to know you.